0: Just to keep you informed, we have three staff members now with COVID. All are recovering in their homes uh, with treatment and medical care from their doctors, and I actually continue to pray for them uh, that they return to full health. Also, the office, because we are downstaffed, will be only open from 8.30 to 12 this week. Uh, being staffed by the generosity of volunteers, so just so that you are aware of that. And also for those who are concerned about myself celebrating Mass here, I was on a staycation, if you remember, so I was not around the staff. I have tested three times since I've returned, and I am negative. So therefore, I don't know what else to tell you. I already had it back in January. I don't wish to get it again, and hopefully the antibodies are going to protect me from it. But God's will be done. So anyway, for now, I'm here. Also, just to, uh, no, to spell another rumor, or I mean last week I mentioned the fact that I almost was killed in an accident, a car accident on the highway. I don't remember saying that the car flipped over. <laughs> and I the car did not flip over. It was not, it was not that type of a serious accident, but somehow the word is out there that the car flipped and it was a miraculous um, in-one piece. It, it was a car malfunction, and I was able to get to the side of the road, but it was a treacherous tre- tre- period of getting from where I was to the side of the road. So that is that story. I think that's all the stories I have to talk about this morning. Because we need to talk about the Word of God, which is a wonderfully powerful Word of God, speaking to us about the Word. In the first reading, we hear from the book of Deuteronomy. And in the book of Deuteronomy, remember that Deuteronomy is the second law, or the second giving of the law. Forty years, Israel had to wander in the desert. Forty years, in that time period of forty years, a generation had transpired. And so therefore, the only two living witnesses of any reality of Egypt is Moses and Joshua. All the rest, in the desert at this point, are children or grandchildren of the ones who left Egypt. And so because of the Israelites' unfaithfulness to God, those who were brought out of Egypt were not permitted to enter into the promised land. And so now that all had died out, now they are permitted to enter the the promised land. Except for Moses. Moses doubted God's providence. If you remember, at Mount Horeb, when the Israelites were whining, they had no water, Moses was instructed to take his staff and strike the rock. Well, Moses took his staff, he struck the rock, and there was no water, at least not as fast as Moses wanted it. And so he struck the rock again, doubting the power of God, and so therefore, having to face the consequences for that, not being able to go over into the Promised Land. And so the book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' farewell to the Israelite people, reminding them of all that, is, that they are responsible for being in relationship with the Lord. And they are to observe carefully the word, the commands that the Lord has given them and you shall not add or subtract anything from this law. Because this law, and living by it, is going to be a living witness to all those around, who are not Israelites, of the power and the presence of God. Now we also have to take a step back and remind ourselves that when our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned, and were expelled from the Garden of Eden, their their intimate relationship with the Lord was severed. So God was no longer fully present to them as He was in the Garden, where He walked and talked with them, as the Scripture said. God is now external to Israel, very different from even our own experience, where we have God who dwells within us, God was closer to us than the closest person we're sitting next to right here in this church. So God is present within us. For Israel, it was not so. And so these ritualized laws, which seem very burdensome, really were external manifestations to Israel as a reminder of the presence of God. You know, Israelites could not just take their dishes and put it in a dishwasher. And turn it on and wait for it to be over. They prayed. They prayed as they washed their dishes. They prayed as they made their bed. They prayed during when they went to mark when they came home from the marketplace. These prayers, these purifications, as they were called, were external reminders to the reality of the presence of God in their midst. However, these external manifestations of the presence of God were to help Israel be more faithful to the stronger commands of the Lord that we see in the Ten Commandments. But what happened over time was that the ritualized prayers became more important than the commands that God had given of how to live your everyday life in communion with each other. This is important for us to appreciate because this is what we see occurring in the Gospel, where Jesus is is having a head-to-head with the Pharisees and the scribes because his followers are not being faithful, seemingly faithful, to the external manifestation of the law, the law of purification. Now back in the 60s, and that love power generation, what crept into some biblical scholarship is this notion that the God of the Old Testament, mean, rotten, uh, tough, was different from the God of the New Testament. A fluffy bear, a big hugger, love, love, love. My brothers and sisters, that is not accurate. That is false. God is unchangeable. The God of the Old Testament is no different than the God of the New Testament. What is different is our experience of God with, through, and in Jesus Christ. Because now God dwells within us. God's presence is deep within us in which we are intimately connected to Him. In a few moments we will receive Holy Communion if we are in the state of grace, and we will have that intimate connection renewed in a very powerful way. But Jesus says, and, for, and that understanding from uh, is creeping into scripture scholarship, was the fact that Jesus abolished all the law. Just all he had to do was just love everybody and everything was happy-happy. But that is not what we hear in the Word of God today. The Word of God this morning tells us, from within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, father. From within, all sin that we act upon starts in here, starts in our thought process. It is much easier to focus your attention on purifying the dishes and the jugs than worrying about changing your way of thinking. And that is the problem that Jesus is having with the Pharisees and the scribes this morning. Because they are putting more effort into the external fixing and not the internal fixing, which is what really counts. Because all sin starts in the mind. And so Jesus tells us, as we see in Matthew's Gospel, the Sermon on the Mount, 5 through 7, chapters 5 through 7, Even if you think lustfully, you have broken the commandment. Even if you think of stealing something, you broke the commandment. And we say to ourselves, this isn't ridiculous. Even our thoughts are problematic. But yes, our thoughts are problematic because God gives us the grace to transform our thoughts. To transform our thoughts into the way He desires us to live. And for this we need the letter of St James. St James tells us humbly welcome the word that has been planted in you and is able to save your souls. He will to give us birth by the word of truth so that we are like the first fruits of his creatures. Humbly humbly In humility, we recognize we don't know everything we need to know. God does. He's the Creator. And so we humbly surrender to His Word. We humbly surrender to that Word. We look to the Word of God as if we're looking into a mirror. For any of us who has ever been sick and laid up in bed, and just getting to the bathroom is a drudgery, we're not really paying attention to how we really look. We're not even paying attention to the mirror that we pass by, going to the toilet. And yet, when we finally feel ourselves and we go and look in the mirror, very often we're disheveled. We look a wreck. And so the mirror shows us how we truly look so that we can get ourselves fixed up and look presentable to go into the outside world. My brothers and sisters, that is what the Word of God is for us spiritually. We look to the Word of God to so look at how we are spiritually. And where we see we are disheveled from the Word, that mirror of truth, we fix ourselves up. <clears throat> now I used an analogy last night at the 4 o'clock Mass, which caused great consternation. So I'm going to try to reevaluate how I say it, so it's understandable. And if you know anyone from the four o'clock mass, you can please share with them what I was supposed to have said, or what I thought I said, or was misinterpreted by what I said. For all of you who have received, who went for the vaccine, if you trust medicine more than you trust the power of God's grace and you have gotten the vaccine and not have been to the Sacrament of Reconciliation for years, shame on you. I am not saying to get the vaccine is a sin and you have to go to confession. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that if you are trusting medicine to give you healing, which medicine heals, and you ran out and got the vaccine for that physical healing and that you desire protection, and you are not availing yourself of the healing that comes to us from God's grace in the sacrament of reconciliation, shame on you. Shame on you. And get your butts into confession. Because we have the mirror of the Word of God which we have to uh, atone ourselves for, for our failure to live to it, live according to it. My brothers and sisters, we live in a time of crisis. We live in a time of crisis in our world, which is marred by the demonic presence of disunity amongst the people, and we can just see that Throughout this past year, masked versus unmasked, vaccines versus unvaxed, all of this dissension. It is a spirit of disunity that comes from the devil. We see it not just in the world, but we see it also, sadly, even in the church, where you have bishops who contradict each other on how we are supposed to be living out our faith. And so you have some, country, some states and some dioceses which mandate everyone has to be vaccinated if you're in the church, and you have other bishops that say it's up to your conscience. So what are you and I supposed to do when even the bishops cannot agree? It is a crisis, my brothers and sisters, but you and I are to humbly surrender to the Word of God, and as the Word of God is a mirror for us to look at. It is a challenging and difficult time, but that's why St. James tells us to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. We all know how we're supposed to live. We all know the commandments. That's one thing. But living the commandments, as you and I know, is a little bit of a different story, and a little bit more challenging. And that is why we have to rely upon the grace of God to help us be faithful to what he calls us to. I bring to point this morning the Christian people of Afghanistan, which I mentioned last week, and I am still beside myself over that situation. Whether you agree or disagree of why we are in Afghanistan, I don't care. The fact that we were in Afghanistan and the fact that we have abandoned a whole entire people to be left to their own devices, to a militaristic, middle-evil way-of-thinking group of people, is uh, we should be ashamed of ourselves as Americans. But we look to the Afghanistani Christians who recognize their plight and know full well that most of them will be slaughtered They have called upon their Christian brothers and sisters throughout the world not to pray for their safety, so much as to pray that they could be steadfast to the power of God's Word in the face of death. To be steadfast in the face of death, knowing that that is going to be their plight. They're asking you and I, my brothers and sisters, to pray that they are strong and capable and able to approach their death in a Christ-like manner. That, my brothers and sisters, is Christian witness. That is being a doer of God's word, not just a hearer of it. Because not only do they hear the word of God and the promise of eternal life, The promise that this life is not the be-all or end-all, but they also hear and they also do the Word of God by living it with their very bodies, by living it and trusting in that promise of the Word of life everlasting. I also want to bring to your attention Ethiopia. Within Ethiopia, there is a genocide taking place that you don't hear on the media. The Tigray tribe is a smaller tribe in Ethiopia, 97% Catholic Christian. The government is from a different tribe and they have decided that the Tigray people, the Tigray tribe no longer has to exist in their country. And so they are wiping them out. They are killing the Tigray people just because they are Tigray people. Just because they are from that tribe. My friend Father Alex has not heard from his family, his parents, his siblings, for over three months. The last he heard, they were hiding in a cave for their protection and their security. No availability of getting money, no availability of finding food, he does not know if they are alive or dead. Thankfully, we were able to get him out of, well, we're getting him out of Ethiopia. We have a visa getting him to Rome tomorrow, so please pray that he is able to make that flight so that he can witness to the plight and the presence of what is happening in his country that the media is ignoring. My brothers and sisters, these are our brothers and sisters. In Christ, we are connected to all of those who are suffering. And the other difficulty with the whole Afghanistan situation, as I was talking to my priest friends in Pakistan, is that they are fearful that once the Taliban gets control of Afghanistan, it is going to bring about that militaristic, militant, medieval thinking of the Muslims in those countries, in which Christianity is also a all minority and persecuted already in a greater force. So we must pray. I beg you not just to pray, but to fast. To fast and pray for the situation in Afghanistan, the Middle East, and in other parts of the world, which we are oblivious to. And the, 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 the sadness is that You know, we think it's hard and difficult to get ourselves up to go to church on Sunday. And many of us choose not to come. And you have our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who are willing to give their life, rather than deny Jesus Christ. The Word of God, my brothers and sisters, is our life. The Word of God, our life, took on flesh and walked among us in Jesus Christ. That Word of Christ, that eternal Word, which took on flesh and suffered and died for us, remains with us in the Holy Eucharist, the gift of the Father's love for us. As we approach and receive Holy Communion this morning, we're not just receiving bread and wine, we're not just receiving the, we're not just receiving the body and blood of Jesus, we're receiving the body and blood of Jesus' incarnate word of the Father. That word which is our mirror of truth. That mere word which is to give us a way in which we have a, a way of judging our own personal relationship with the Lord. Times... Times are challenging, times we live in is an ultimate crisis. What we do with this time is what is going to make us or break us. We We need to surrender humbly to the Word of God, and we need to allow that Word of God to be our life and to be our strength, so that you and I can be truly witnesses of the Word that the Lord calls us to be that living light of hope and presence of God out in that world. We don't have to purify the vessels, as Israel did. We have to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, to manifest the presence of God to all whom we encounter this day and every day of our lives. I also would ask you to write to your congressman to write to your senators regarding Afghanistan, and to make sure that they leave no one behind, and especially no American citizen, to be left to their own devices in a country that is that is not just foreign, but is uh, hostile to the USA. And in a leadership which is even more so hostile, we need to do all that we can to help support and strengthen the Afghanistan people and the people throughout the world our Christian brothers and sisters. Let us pray with renewed hope and trust in God's Word, in His providence, and His strength, and His peace, that you and I may do all that we can to be doers of the Word and not just hearers of the Word, this day and every day of our lives. Praise be Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.